Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome B-Tech Smith and Steve Mex. B-Tech Smith and Steve Mex. You are now entering the Megacars, the Megacars. Ted. What up, Stu? Oh, you know, just mega casting. All the time. <laughs> I wish we could. All the time. <laughs> but just living in the mega world. <laughs> Welcome, mega family, to our mega world. Yeah. Where we're residing in mega city, Washington. Shout out to the mega men and the mega women out there. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah, don't think we forgot about you mega dogs. I still laugh every time whenever somebody like, I can't remember what the picture is, but like those memes and it'll be like, we've now figured out who let the dogs out. And it's like somebody like just opening up a dog fence. And yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know why. I'll laugh at that every time. Those are always funny. <laughs> I like, uh, like years ago in the Baltimore area in like DC, there was a minor earthquake, earthquake, like minor earthquake. Right. Okay. And like, we like, think like three on the Richter scale. I guess maybe okay. like but like the the extent of the damage was like chairs outside fell over. So there's once in a while I'll see a meme from somebody back on the East Coast that's like never forget. That's great. And it's just like a plastic chair laying on its side. It's like when we had that uh a few months ago there was maybe even like two months ago when when they were like winter storm war- warning and it's like we're going to get winds of 190 degrees oh, yeah, or miles per hour and yeah. I remember that they're all like freak out hide in your home. And I'm, I remember waking up the next day, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened. And and my it had to have been right around Christmas or Halloween time because I had um, one of those scarecrows, like those ones that are like on like a bamboo stick, yeah. stick in the dirt. It looked like Frankenstein, and it was it was down on the ground. Oh, so I took a picture. I go, oh, man, one casualty, rest in peace, or something like rest in peace, Frank. We'll miss you. Yeah, that <laughs> like, that was like the extent of the entire windstorm. Right, that was the weekend I went to Boise. Yes. So it was October. Yeah. So like I flew out Friday night because remember Thursday into Friday morning, it was dumping rain and it was kind of mm-hmm. nasty out. So there was flight stuff. But I got to the airport Friday night. My flight was delayed by like half an hour. No biggie. And then Saturday, you know, I was getting drunk in Boise and going to watch college football. So I didn't really pay attention. And then on when I got back here Sunday, I was like, oh, what happened? Everybody's like, no, basically nothing. Right. Is my building going to be there when I get back? Yeah. They built that thing up big. It was like, it's teaming up with another low coming up the coast. I don't get why they get that insane with that. Like, well, I get it. They, they clickbait, that kind of stuff. But then, then it leads to, now we got to put on an article explaining why we were wrong. And See, like, I don't think it's clickbait. I think it's the complete opposite. I think it's because if you if you don't predict a big storm, they get hammered. Because then people will be pissed. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I don't know. It has to be the most thankless job in the world to be a weatherman. Well, that's the thing. It's so simple, but it's yeah. also... It's almost like outside of 24 hour predictors, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. So it's like, it seems like a very simple job, but it's tough, man. Do I remember when uh, the, the big earthquake here? I mean, obviously, someone who's experienced like a real big one would probably just be like, whatever. But it was like many years ago. I mean, 15 or so years ago when an earthquake hit here. It had to be because I wasn't here yeah, yet. Yeah. It was when I was still working at the end. And I remember I just got off of a, a, an insane weekend in uh vegas with my buddy it was his bachelor party and let's, all I right mean, yeah i mean hardcore this is back in the ecstasy days so let's all just right. say i was coming back a little e-tarded yeah and so i had the day off it was like on a monday or something like that and good i'm work. lying I, I respect that oh i had to and i'm so glad i did and you know i mean those, i was coming down hard and so i'm lying in bed and i'm thinking wow the room is spinning the light fixture shaking what the hell and then i realized Oh man, we're in the middle of an earthquake. Right now is not a good time for me. And I'm freaking out. So I just put the covers over my head, thinking that's going to save me from this earthquake. And I, mind you, I lived in Lower Queen Anne in a building that was built in like 1908. To, to put things in perspective, after this earthquake was done, and luckily nothing happened. That's the Squally, right? Is uh, that one? It was the Pittsburgh. All right. That's what the building was called. It was on. No, uh, no, no. I, the earthquake. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of the Pittsburgh earthquake. Oh, the Pittsburgh one was the worst. It's like Jerome Bettis just running through your neighborhood. Right? <laughs> so I get up. I'm like, okay, everything's cool. I go outside, and there's like a built like, there's some kind of like guy that works for the city that is just looking at our building. And I'm like, hey, man, how's everything going? Because I was the apartment manager at the time. And he's like, oh, just checking things out. 
and I'm like, oh, you just making it? He's like, oh, your building's the first building I was checking. I figured yours would be the first to go down. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you just said it so nonchalant. And a couple pieces of the brick towards the top of the building did fall to the ground. But I'm like, that is not what I want to hear. I need to get the F out of this building. Ugh. How surreal is that being in an earthquake? Because I haven't been in one yet. I've been in two decent sized ones. Well, three. One in California. That was pretty trippy. Sid was freaking out over that one. I thought it was kind of fun because like, it just kind of waved. It feels like you're riding a wave, if that makes sense. Like you're, But you're in a building, so you don't really want to have that sensation. Yeah. One time I was working as a temp at some company here in Seattle, and when an earthquake hit, man, there was just pandemonium on the floor. People were freaking out. Everyone's diving under desks. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And finally, like one of our managers is from California. He's like, you're all a bunch of wusses. It's not that bad. Get up and go to work. And it's like 15 seconds that I have to imagine seems like forever. Yes, because you don't know when it's going to end. And then you just anticipate the the the, the second earthquake to come. What is right, it called? The aftershocks. aftershocks. Yeah. Yeah. But it just kind of felt, at least the building I was in, and I don't know if it's because they're on like wheels. I, 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 certain buildings are built on like kind of like a rolly kind of a system to a- Yeah, they could sway some. Yeah. So it was swaying. It it was weird because you're up like, that building I was in, I was probably on like the eighth or ninth floor, and I'm thinking, this is not going to end well because you don't know when it's going to end. And, and, and I didn't know about this swaying building thing at the time. So I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it was trippy. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know how I would ha- handle like a legit big time earthquake where things are falling down. I, think I mean, I- the last one here was pretty big. Yeah. I mean, it didn't like destroy the city, but I mean, it wasn't like a tiny one. Yeah, it did destroy some buildings, though. I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, the the Phoenix on in Pioneer Square got rocked by it. I mean, and I that's because there's old buildings, I, I, right? I still know there's blocks on Lower Queen Anne where I walk where there's just. These giant humps you have to walk over from where the sidewalk like sprung up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess I just was not really fully understanding what was going on at the time. I mean, maybe you're just cooler than me. Nice. Like, I haven't been in a big one yet. I'm like, I thought that one was pretty big, man. Ted, I was recovering from ecstasy. Right. I like that you just put your covers over your face. <laughs> yeah, because that's going to save me. Oh, God, will this stop? <laughs> Why is my head spinning this much? That's right. weird, too, because I'm sorry, but no, I've woken ahead. up. Like hung over like that, and like you, you know, your head's a little cloudy, or you feel a little dizzy, and you're like, "Oh God, what did I do to myself?" So there's that initial fear when you wake up, and then it's like a sense of relief, like, "Oh no, it's not that, just an earthquake." And then I would think another panic would hit over, like, "Oh my God, it's an earthquake." Yeah, like that's yeah. just weird. It was definitely it was before nine eleven. I know that right. for sure, because at the time, a lot of us were carrying certain narcotics and not feeling at all nervous about traveling with them. Yeah. Like, some of my buddies had stuff on them that I'm like, geez, man, what are you, Scarface? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Vegas. And then the earthquake hits, and there was a moment in my brain where I'm like, dear Jesus, are you punishing me for my sins? Like, you know, like, I, I know I spent a lot of money at the strip club. I know that I got a lot of, I put a lot of substances in my body at the time. You know, I don't know what the hell is going on. You start overthinking things. That was a, I don't know if I ever told you, but that trip to Vegas, I, I scared my entire group of friends. There was like four of us. It was like part, it was like a bachelor slash birthday party. And so we went and we went hard. And at the end of the night, everyone was crashing and I was, everyone had their own drug of choice. Right. You know what I mean? Someone brought a bunch of weed and I was the weed guy. Someone brought a bunch of Coke and, and I never really... I mean, the weed guy was popular with all of us, obviously. Sure. Everybody loves the weed guy. I, had not, I, I didn't want anything to do with the Coke guy. I've never touched a drug. Didn't need to do it. Right. I, but I was, I, was, I was the ecstasy guy. I had a bunch of ecstasy with me, right? So I'm not going to bed when they're all crashing from doing too much blow. They're like shutting it down. What, do they run out? I, I don't remember, to be honest. Seems like cokeheads stay up all night until they run out. Well, dude, I'm talking about like this is five in the morning. Oh, all right. right. So they're shutting it down at five in the morning. And I'm like, if I take one more, I could just keep on partying. So they knocked themselves out, obviously. I'm freaking out because I have no one to party with. So I'm like, I guess I'll just go hit the strip and go to Caesar's Palace and gamble. So I don't realize what I'm doing at the time is going to freak them out. But I write a note like on the back of a pizza box and it just says, hey, guys, I went back to Caesar's Palace to, to, to win. I think I wrote my money back, but I guess they thought I wrote our money back. And they thought I took all the money out of the safe and went to go win 
money back because I was so high on ecstasy at the time that I'm just putting $100 bills into the slot machines because to me, that was worth the light show I was getting. Wow. You know what I mean? I'm just like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm losing and I don't even care. Like, this is great. All right, another $100 in. I tried to drop like $500 in like one afternoon just because I was enjoying the show. I'm not even going to talk about the strip club. So now they're freaking out. They're calling me on my cell. They're trying to find me. No one ever bothered to check the safe, though, to see if the money was to in there. To see if the money was gone. Right. So they're freaking out. They finally track me down. I'm in the middle of Caesar's Palace staring at that fake sky, yeah. watching like the, you know, the Greek gods come out of like the little show that they do. And uh, my mouth is open. And I'm just like, this is the greatest freaking experience of my life. And they all come running up to me like out of a movie like, Steve, where's the money? I'm like, what money? The money. You said that you're going to win our money back. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, why'd you take... One of our guys is getting a little aggro. He's like, why'd you take our money? I'm like, I didn't take anybody's money. He's like, you took it out of the safe. I'm like, I don't even know the code to the safe. I just went down here to spend my money. They're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So then we go back to the hotel. They open up the safe. All the money's in there. And we all why did they never check the safe? Because they panicked, man. They panicked. They thought I stole all the money thinking I could win the money back. That's crazy. Oh, dude, it was awesome. That sounds like you're hanging out with people on coke. Yes. All right? Bunch of paranoid a-holes. Right. And they had thought about taking all the money, clearly. And I'll give you one guess. It was the guy who brought all the coke that was freaking out the most. Yeah, of course. <laughs> dude, like, I remember he grabbed my collar of my shirt, and he's just like, where is our money? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, Why are you being so aggressive to me? Where is our money? <laughs> oh. Why don't we get our push-ups out of the way to yeah. get the heart racing, the blood pumping, and the brain functioning. All right, this time I just grabbed a random song that i really been digging on recently, and that's Chevelle. All right. Can't go wrong with Chevelle. Now, Chevelle's great. Plus, what a great song. We're going to put our face to this floor. All so right. why don't we listen to Face to the Floor? Yeah, I'm in. All right. Get 10. Oh, so you've gotten to hang out with them. Yeah, kind of. Like, I hung out with them once at Painted the Grass and, like, shotgunned a beer with them. Nice. Which was fun. Who finished first? Dude, actually, one of those dudes beat me. Ooh. Yeah. Was it one of the brothers? Yeah, and I was, like, talking trash. I think so. I don't know, because even the guy that's not related to him, he's married in, and they all look pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, they kind of do. That's <laughs> but, awesome that you shotgun beard with those guys. Yeah, and then the last, uh, our buddy Justin Barnes, he's a huge yeah. Chevelle fan. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. And then the last time I did a stage announcement for him, I think it was just this past summer at uh, uh, Showbox. Showbox Soto, and it was like it was like the hottest day all summer, right? So anyhow, we get over there and they kind of skip it or whatever. And then the record guy is one of the guys we know, and he's like, "Oh, I'll get it straight or whatever." So, like, usually most bands are like, all right, go ahead or whatever. Not Chevelle. They, like, walk off, like, they were already in the stairwell. They, like, come back, and they're like, sorry, sorry, like, our bad. And <laughs> and Ben and I at the time are just like, no worries. We do the stage announcement. So we like, come no back No pressure. Off. You better make this a good stage announcement. Right, and the drummer the- is there, and he's like, seriously, like, our bad. We shouldn't have. I was like, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they couldn't be nicer. Grave, you grabbed him by the shirt, constant. And where's our money? What did you do with our money? Never freak this up again, buddy. Freak this up, God. You know what? I want to be that angry that I yell at somebody. You keep freaking this up. I feel like you gotta get a little spit out when you go. Frick. It's gonna be like a little bubble of spit that lands on their nose, right? Are you freaking with me, right? What the frick is your problem? I've had it up to here with your freaking nonsense. Get back into the backstage and wait for me to do my freaking announcement. These people are here. We're the coolest frick ones. Yes. You guys want this crowd to be hot as frick? Well, you need me to announce you guys. Yeah. You think they're all here as they love your music? That's part of it, but that's not why they're here. Settle the frick down. Let me do my thing. And then you get to do your thing. We yeah. work together. Yeah. You freaking a-hole. Somebody give me my freaking microphone. And my freaking beer. <laughs> Well, I'm, and I'm not freaking paying for it. 
<laughs> and it better be cold as frick. Right. <laughs> Why don't we take a quick break and we come back? We'll do the TED Talk. <laughs> All right. All right. The Mega Cat. Whoa, the Mega Cat. We'll be back. These guys smell like dirt and roses, and I find that sexy. The Mega Cast will be back. Christmas decorations still up, then you have a condition called being a lazy ass. Fortunately, there's something you can take to fix it. Introducing methamphetamine. Smoke it, snort it, inhale it. Take it however you wish, and within minutes, you'll have enough energy to take down those Christmas lights, and also clean your gutters, and also run a marathon, and also dig a tunnel to Russia using only a grapefruit spoon. Too high on meth? Fortunately, there's something you can take to fix it. Introducing marijuana. Endorsed by George Washington, marijuana soothes and relaxes ailments like hyperactivity, ADD, mood swings, and your desire to take down your Christmas lights. And now look, you're back at square one. Huh, depressing, isn't it? Fortunately, there's something you can take to fix it. Introducing heroin. And now you're dead. Christmas lights problem solved. These guys like to get high and lost in paradise. The mega cast is back. Grab that one because it just like made me think of you, Burning Man, baby. Yeah, I don't know if that's what the song is about, but it seems like let's get high and let's get to paradise. They just had a uh, regional burn in Kiwi and a uh, Kiwi, God damn it, in New Zealand. What the frick, man? <laughs> uh, it's it's the national bird of New Zealand, and it's a nickname for most uh, New Zealanders. Okay, they're Kiwis. Yes. Uh, anyhow, they just had the Kiwi burn last weekend. It looked pretty awesome. Oh, I didn't know that there's other burns. Yeah, so like there's Burning Man, and then there's like other countries and stuff have like regional ones. There's a regional burn up here if you don't want to go to the big burn. Really? Oh, yeah. Weird. I didn't know. I mean, not weird, but interesting. Yeah. When's that one? I got to look it up. I haven't actually been to it. How come? Uh, Just other festivals I go to during yeah. the summer. Too much stuff going on. Yeah. You but it's pretty you cool. You only festivals so much. Yeah. I don't know. I should look into that because I'm definitely not going to the Big Burn this year. So maybe I'll look into a region. You're not? No. What happened? Last we talked, you were all about it. You weren't going to go Guns N' Roses because you were going to the Burn. Yeah. I know. And then I had, uh, I don't know, somebody called it an epiphany or something. Yeah. I just, a couple things changed and I was just like, uh, all right, I'm not doing it. You want to see Guns N' Roses. That's why, right? Actually, it's a pretty fun trip. I am going to go to Guns N' Roses. Yeah. But first, I'm going to hop in an RV with a couple people and drive over to Pullman on Saturday and watch finally watch a Cougs game from in Pullman and oh. tailgate. And then on the way home the next day, stop at the Gorge, watch Guns N' Roses, and then drive home on Monday. Well, that doesn't suck. No. I see how it is. I thought we were going to do that Pullman trip. You, Thanks, Ted. You want in? What? No, no. I feel like I'm now like a third class freaking citizen. Well, I'm the third wheel right now, so it'd probably be pretty fun if you went. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could pull it off. I was just going to say, off. I was like, we could still do ours eventually. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be a whole different experience. <laughs> I just want to give you a hard time. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know, man. That's three night trip in an RV. I was like, you're coming to meltdown. Like, I just don't see the wife going for that. No, one. no. Now, one I mean, night out at the gorge, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely down for doing uh, Guns N' Roses at the gorge. But yeah, I can only, I, I got to pick and choose my trips. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still got to go on a, a vacation. Like, my buddy AJ, I was just on uh, the, the Jobbing Out podcast again. Oh, oh, nice. Which was a lot of fun. And, um, and he's hit me up before we started going, you coming to WrestleMania? Because he just built a house in Orlando, in which Florida. is where WrestleMania is going to be. And he's like, Hey, man, I'm like, man, I got to figure out my finances. Like, well, you don't have to figure out room, you know, a place to stay because you could stay at my place. And I'm like, yeah, that does help. I'm like, but I really have to plan a vacation with my wife before I make any other trips. Like, I just can't be 
going on these fun Steve trips all the time. Right. It's just not fair. And, and, and it just doesn't, for me to get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I need to tone that down. I mean, that's, that's, that's a sign. And, and we got some time coming up, I think, in March. So I'm hoping that we can like, make it like a nice Sid and I vacation to like Hawaii or Disneyland, whichever one we can afford. Yeah, that's where I was kind of at. Like, mm-hmm. I was looking at all the trips, and it's like, well, I'm going to do Spokane to use a couple days there. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, I might go down and do, like, a week-long retreat again. And i like, I wanted to do that, and then I wanted to take, like, I, I just figure there's another trip I wanted to, like, last year, driving to Crater Lake and doing a, like, that was pretty fun. Yeah. So I want to do kind of another little trip like that. E- either way, I was just like, I can't do all that and Burning Man. No, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, not to, no pun intended, but like you're burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. At that point. You, you're going to wear yourself out. Yeah. Now, Burning Man is an awesome experience. And I, I mean, I trust me, I'll be bummed again when I'm not there when it's going on. Once you see all the pictures and you see Katy Perry performing. It's not even the picture. It's just knowing that because I know what's out there now. That's it's, the problem. It's that FOMO, brah. <laughs> you know that started there. Did it really? Yes. It makes I find sense. It, I find it amazing, though, how many people use that term now. Oh, it's like everywhere. Yeah. Fear of missing out. You should see how much... There's there's a lot of stuff that start there that end up getting into normal uh, lexicon. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, there's a lot of like people there that, you know, I mean, a lot of... Not just celebrities, but trendsetters of a sense. I know it sounds kind of silly to say, but, you know, that I could see how quickly a, a term or a saying can spread because certain people are have a... a a, a huge audience to reach. I also think nowadays it just kind of sucks. Is anything that's cool, whether it's something from Burning Man or just the people you know in your little city, maybe it's just your little small little click. Mm-hmm. But once you start using it, somebody finds it on on the internet, yeah. and then all of a sudden you got some, you know, fifty year old dude, be, you know, using. It's like FOMO, bro. Yeah, like FOMO. Oh, it's classic case of classic case of FOMO. I'm I'm suffering from some FOMO right now. Home, homie G's. Right? Like, God damn it, man. <laughs> we ruined it. Let's do a TED Talk. TED Talks. Starring D-Tech Smith. First of all, January's over. Again, <laughs> fine month for me. I don't know what was going on there, though. A lot of people were dealing with some issues. It's a tough month for so many people. You it and is. me both. I, had a, I, I kept waiting for January to suck. I mean, I had some stuff that happened to my friends that made January suck for me, but me personally had a I had a very nice January. Yeah, January was cool, man. Yeah. Had a good time. I'm glad but, we're done with it, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So everybody relax. January is officially over. Go to frick to hell, January. <laughs> yeah, you go frick off, January. <laughs> uh, but the main part I want to say today is just uh, whatever your dealings, you know, and, and I know sometimes you're having a bad day and it's tough to do, but just, you know, you know the golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated, but also just treat people kindly. You know what I mean? It doesn't take more than half a second to, you know, I don't know. It might be as simple as holding a door open for somebody or or, or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, just just treat them kindly. Now, yeah. I will say on, on the flip side, you don't have to be nice all the time. You don't want to be taken advantage of. But, there, you know, there's no reason. Sometimes I see it just waiting in line for, like, you know, a, a sub at Subway or, or, I don't know, you know, just, or, or watching people talk, to a, talk down to a waiter. Oh. And it's just like... There's just no need for it, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, I don't care if you make more, you know, you're not better than that person, you know? Dude, I saw that happen when we went, I believe it was when Sid and I went to the Super Bowl. Like, we get off All the right. plane and we set it up through, like, one of those, like, hot wire. We got a rental car, super yeah. cheap. And they, of course, put you at, like, the. they send you to, like, the most no-name, random, crappy car rental place. But- I kind of expected that. I'm like, I'm getting it on the cheap, yeah. not expecting much. And the car was fine. But while we're waiting in line, the guy in front of us was dealing with something. And he's flying off the handle, like what you're talking yeah. about. And he's just totally crapping on the person. And I'm like, gosh. And then he looks at me like, can you believe this? And I go, and I look at him. And I just kind of shake my head like, man, come on. And then he f- said something to me. I'm like, hey, man, this is not my world. Like, I, I think you're getting a little out of control. And he just kind of rumped, like rough, like that kind of a thing, and just stormed off because he got his key. And then I go up, and it's funny. My wife was cracking up. She's like, "You really wanted to snap at the the person that you also dealt with, the same person, because they were red rotten." But I couldn't because yeah, I already you just corrected this guy. I just took a stand. Not that I would, but like I almost wanted to be like, "Come on, man!" Like I get like this is like. Difficult, like he like overcharged us and screwed something up, and like it took everything in my power not to be like, come on, like I just had your back, 
Like, what are you doing uh, to me? It was such like an egg in my own face. Like, yeah. I, I took the stance of, F you, buddy. This guy's trying hard to then finding out, oh, maybe that guy ripped that guy off like he almost ripped me off. Yeah. So, I mean, right, there's times it's okay. And I've done it, too. It's like, still not right, though. Right. I mean, you don't know what that... I mean, a mistake is a mistake. Right. And at the end of the day, like, I I don't know. And I think it, I think it's more if, it, you know, especially if it's somebody, you know, you know, or you work with, or you see all the time, you know, like, are you going to remember years from now that time you thought you were so right and went and were like, ah, oh, I showed him? Probably not. Yeah. But that person's going to remember that time that you treated them like like badly. Yeah, complete ass. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to forget that. Now, you were a freaking moron. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'm I just saying a, in everyday life, like, like, just be kind. I have a question then. What is the... It's a stupid dilemma, and it's not even like something that I would actually like legit turn into anything. But I, oh, there's, a certain, I like there's a certain sandwich place near our, our, our station. Okay. I don't know if you frequent there, but I do. Um Oh. Yeah, right. I don't. Oh, okay. Not well, that one. Then you won't know the guy that I'm talking about. Well, while you're getting your order, he's a chatty Kathy. All right. And I don't mind that because I'm like, oh, this guy's fun. He's got funny things to say. He's very charismatic. Like, I'm like, ah, this guy, super nice guy. If I was an undercover boss, I would probably give him a lot of money at the end of our, our undercover boss episode. Like, yeah. a, he brings a lot of cheer. The only problem is he's so chatty that he never gets the order right. Oh, so, really? So it's like, I want to be like, hey, man, tone it down on the charisma and pay attention that I did not want onions on my sandwich. Does he just start going for it? He just starts throwing anything on there while cracking jokes. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Here would be my suggestion. Okay. Because I've run into this problem at a similar sandwich place. Okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I still talk and I'm still friendly because I want to be, but I'm just real aggressive with like cucumbers, right? When like when he's sliding over, it's like all right, lettuce and onion and green pepper. Mm-hmm. No, no, you know, because sometimes, man, like you ask for lettuce and they start throwing that tomato on there. Oh yeah, they think the next step is tomato. I'm not messing with the tomato, man. I'm not a fan of tomatoes either. Yeah, like ketchup <laughs> and, and marinara sauce. Yep, yep, like all that stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm. It's like you just kind of want to be like, "Hey, man, just focus on your job." I get it that this is probably mundane for you, but man, I want my sandwich not to taste like a giant onion. Yeah, yeah, and their onions are so potent. Yes, I, I mean, to the point where like you you smell it on your lips for the rest of the day. Yeah. So yeah. Sometimes it bugs me out because their onions are always perfectly colored. The green peppers are always the right colors. The tomatoes are always like bright red. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel like real produce always looks like that. You think it's like some kind of coloring? That I don't know, man. I'm not saying it's not a vegetable. I'm just saying it It creeps me out that they always look that perfect. <laughs> that, um, you know, today's a big day. Uh, All right. Because you're a college football guy. I am. Today's the day where a lot- National signing day. Yes, it is. It is. Did you happen to see uh, a recruit by the name of uh, Levi Jones? He's an outside linebacker. And apparently he's a guy that a lot of schools wanted. All right. And did you see what he did? No. It's freaking hilarious, man. So he, of course, has like a press conference of some sorts. Where right. You always have a press conference. Generally, you have like three hats up there. Right. And you kind of fake it one hat and then you put on the other one. So he went one step further. He did similar in theory. Like he did the whole, which school am I picking? He had a jacket on. He takes his jacket off. And he's got like Ohio State or something like that. I can't remember right. which one. And everyone's, oh no, he had, it said Gators. So he had Florida Gators. Florida Gators, right. sorry. So everyone's like, oh, so people start clapping. As they start clapping, he takes his shirt off. Underneath it is another shirt with another school. Like, let's just say Ohio State. Now All right. people are like, oh, we see what you did there. Takes that one off too. And then there's finally the school that he wants to go to. Who did he pick? Uh, let's see. Um, USC. Oh. That is cold, man. Yeah. A sweatshirt to another. Sh- so he, he flirted with all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. Let me make sure. I think that's who he picked. It looks like, yeah. He said, instead of just saying, I'm going to USC, Levi Jones up the ante and peeled a few shirts off his body, making other teams think that he was going to play for them. Cruel. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's be honest. When you're talking to a high level recruit like that that's having a press conference, yeah. you, you said it right. It's. We didn't know it was SC, but it's basically Florida, Ohio State, yeah, it's the Michigan, Alabama, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Florida State. Like, I, I mean, I wish it was, but he wasn't going to have a Florida shirt and Ohio State shirt and then be like, let's Maryland. go Terps. 
<laughs> no. No. It's not happening. <laughs> and then did you see uh, Lane Kiffin? What, what, what happened with him? All right. So Lane Kiffin is the new coach at Florida International University. Right. Or correct. Uh, yeah, I think Florida, F- Florida Atlantic. Oh, it's FAU. Okay. So Florida Atlantic. You're correct. I, I, I thought I, it was FIU. Up until today, I had no idea that this even existed. Like, I just, I'm not on the Lane Kiffin radar. So I remember him from, you know, from when he was doing stuff over at USC. And then I know that he was uh, the offensive coordinator for Alabama and right. left before the big bowl game. Or the, got fired. Got fired. That's right. Well, and, they mutually asked to leave. Right. So but, Lane Kiffin took that job. And was in, and was still coaching at Alabama, right? But then something finally happened, and they and before the championship game, they said, "Get out of here," which is just ridiculous. It I was, mean, yeah, and it didn't work out well for them after all, right? So, did you see the the video that he just put out? I have. Oh my gosh, it's the funniest and most pathetic recruitment video I've ever seen in my life. He so, just doesn't seem very excited about his program, and he couldn't. And he's clearly not a very good actor. Like he couldn't even ham it up for. What is the recruitment video? Like the, hey, everybody, things are great. Buy your tickets. We got a good crop of crop or crap of, of students that are going to be playing football for us. Right. So like Florida, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Central Florida. A few years ago, they all tried. They're all trying like the Miami kind of style. It's like you get a bunch of money that pours into these schools. Mm-hmm. You're in Florida. Let's just recruit a bunch of kids from down here and see if we can turn these programs around. Well, I don't think, though, this video is going to get anybody hyped up for the upcoming F.A. season. No. Here's the the audio. And again, he is trying to get people to, you know, buy tickets. And also keep in mind, when you're watching this video, which you can't, well, you can, but he is staring like into the sun and squinting. Yeah. Which makes it even more pathetic. Yeah. Hey, Al Nation. This is Coach Kiffin. What an exciting time. As we sign some of the best players in America, we need some of the best fans in America. Hey, guys. In America. Is he hung over? Had a rough night last night. Went to Vegas. Spent all my friends' money gambling. Yeah, no kidding. So please join us to come watch the Owls have a great year and a championship run starting with... I mean, I don't even believe we're going to go for a championship, but you know. We'll be happy if we win a game. Thank you. Go Owls. Go Owls. Yeah, I'm I'm buying tickets. I'm buying season tickets. Right? Coach sounds real excited. <laughs> I honestly I don't know what to think. He just he doesn't seem excited. And I I I believe he is excited to be a head coach again. You would imagine. But that so. video is just awful. And how many takes did they do when they went? Missed the good one. Keeper. Growls. Right? Yeah, that that's it. That's a wrap. Imagine if that's how like I like if that's how we promoted like our pot. Hey guys, doing a podcast. We're gonna talk about some stuff. Ted's got some inspirational words for you because January's over. Yeah, we're gonna have a get together in March. Hopefully, you guys can make it. I I hear it'll be a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you might want to even just kind of set like maybe a few Saturdays free at the end of March. Yeah, because we're gonna try and figure it out. But you know, hopefully, maybe a championship season. Yeah, and we're gonna maybe shoot some laser tag. I I don't know, but it'll be fun. Yeah, go else. Megacast will be back. They are not reverends on the radio. They are awesome dudes on a podcast. The Megacast will be back. your child's imagination. Wow. No one knows where it's from. Cool. Or what's inside. And no one ever will. With Disappointimals, the non-hatching egg that teaches kids that life doesn't always go the way you planned it. Day after day, week after week, teach your children that hopes and dreams don't always come true. Life sucks. That's my boy. He's not yours. Disappointimals. From the makers of Barbie's Broken Dream House and Middle-Aged Mutant Ninja Turtles. First there is fake news. Now there is fake love. Yeah. What the f***? Thankfully, Ted and Steve are two real mother f***ers. Yeah. The mega cast is back. I've been down so long, it look like up to me. They look up to me. I got 
very sad by the way i've completely turned the corner on bad and bougie oh now you're into it yes it just took a couple plays it took a couple plays and i had to really like look at the lyrics and now that i understand what's going on i'm more into it. what's going on they're just talking s okay right because it's like all right they have fancy cars they're gonna steal your chick or your tot or your bitch whatever they want to call her at the time Right? Depends on how they're There's feeling. There's a lot smoking weed. They're cooking drugs. If you mess with them, they got 30, 100 round clips. It's going down. Like, it just, I just didn't oh, understand. Oh, now, now I'm yeah, fully they're just talking fan. trash. Being gangster. <laughs> it's like, now I kind of like it. Gangsters doing gangster things. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I, don't, I still don't know if I'm going to call it the greatest song ever made, as some people have been saying, but. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But now that I've listened to it much, right? And it's chick, right? She's bad and she's bougie, right? So she's, she's a badass chick, right? She's that bottom bitch. But she also kind of fancy. She's so bougie. <laughs> I want to meet this girl. Right? <laughs> Sounds like a party. Um, yeah, where do we want to go with this? Um, oh, by the way, Lane Kiffin. No, I forgot to mention yes, this. Yes, you had a Lane Kiffin story. All right, so you got to look it up. It's very obscure. I don't know if it comes from like Barstool Sports or whatever. By the way, those guys have blown up. Yeah, they have. Have you seen they're on Comedy Central Live this week doing the rundown? No, I didn't see that. But I, I mean, I'm seeing their stories making it outside of like, the t- I mean, I'm seeing that their stories being used as like, vi- like viable news stories. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I remember years ago, my cousin Patrick being like, you got to check out this Barstool Sports. I was like, ah, whatever. What was the other one? Uh, f- the, the guy, the guy's name, and he always had hot chicks. It was a sports it was like, not Fark, but it was almost like a like Fark Sports. Oh, from Fark. Uh, you're talking about, uh, what was it, Sports by Brooks? Yes. Yes. Those girls were the hottest. Yeah. And El Prez, man. I don't know what that guy's been working out on or doing steroids. But, you know, El Prez was never fat, but he had a little belly. Uh-huh. And now that they're on TV, he is shredded. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those guys are blowing up. Uh, God damn- oh, so I don't know if it comes from their website. It might have been a Reddit thing. But there's these famous stories about Lane Kiffin, right? Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, everybody knows his wife is a complete smoke show. But there's also always been rumors that Lane Kiffin liked to hit on any girl you met or whatever. So the, the way this story goes is that a guy's in a bar in Tuscaloosa. His girlfriend meets this guy. who's like, yeah, like, like bad college game. Like, I can get you drinks or this and that. And it's like, you look like Lane Kiffin. Like, nah, I don't know who Lane Kiffin is. I'm Joey Freshwater. And apparently Joey Freshwater... It's like his alias in Tuscaloosa. There's also rumors. His name, he went by Joey Freshwater. Freshwater. Just just Google Lane Kiffin, Joey Freshwater. I mean, it's an obscure story. Me and my brother are obsessed with it. We think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's the best name ever. There's also, you ever heard the rumor that he hooked up with Saban's daughter? And that's part of the reason. No. It's part of the reason Saban never liked him. I don't know. Really? Yeah. That's that's gangsters doing gangster things. Yeah, I'm just saying, Lane Kiffin is an interesting that's, dude. That is legendary right there. Yeah. That's up there with the Macho Man rumor. Have you ever heard the Macho Man Randy Savage rumor? No. Oh, man. I uh, Nobody has confirmed or denied this. Like It's one of those stories that is just like... You don't know if it's true or not, but so Macho Man Randy Savage, former WWF wrestler, no longer with us, still not in the WWE Hall of Fame, even though arguably... He's not? No. And I wouldn't even argue it. He is top five wrestlers of all time. I mean, when it comes to the total package, he had the look, he had the mic skills, he had the moveset, he put on great matches, he was larger than life. I mean... Hell, I mean, it was him and Hogan at one point. That's to say, when I was a kid, it was all about Macho Man and Hogan. And at one point, I think Macho Man might have even been stepping a little bit further ahead of Hogan with the the slap snap into the Slim Jim. I mean, that was those those were iconic moments. Yeah. Well, rumor has it, and again, this is just a rumor that he hooked up with Stephanie McMahon when she was underage. Oh, like uh, I don't even know. Like fifteen. Damn it. That's what I was going to say. Like, tell me she was like close to 18. Uh, that, I shouldn't say that. That's horrible. No, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. It's like 15, maybe 16. That's the All story right. I heard. Either way, she was underage. It's one of those stories that will forever be, I think. But nobody's going to ask. 
how do you ask that question? You know what I mean? Who do you ask it to? And who do you, I mean, I've heard people ask the question to people that were close to Vince McMahon and they just kind of shoo it off like, no, it's ridiculous. No, of course that's not true. But why, right, why else isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Right. I mean, there's some people that think, oh, well, there's some still issues between the Randy Savage estate, the family, and Vince McMahon. But I mean, nobody ever burns a bridge in the WWE, WWF. I mean, everybody who is completely screwed over the company at some point will come back from the Bret Hart's to the Hulk Hogan's to the Macho. I mean, I would think eventually he will be in the Hall of Fame. It, It only makes sense. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't believe he... I'll have to double check. Maybe he was last year, but he was dead already. I feel like you would know if he was. I know, but now it's like, now I'm starting to second guess it. So right. I want to do a quick... Um, I have not heard that story, though. Oh, dude, it's like one of the, it's like the ultimate folklore of wrestling, is that what what sent, what d- divided the two was that he had sex with Stephanie McMahon when she was younger. That's pretty bad. Right. I mean, it's... Like, that could be the only way you could burn a bridge, I would imagine. Yeah, but I will say, too, it seems like to me the WWE brings them back only when they can take control of everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, let me see. Oh, maybe he did He did get finally inducted. I, I, I knew that. I thought it was so maybe. you out here to spreading rumors. Well, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I guess I am. What the frick? What the frick? I just completely dropped the freaking ball. Mm-hmm. And Joey Freshwater's still around. We could talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> He's down in Florida, I heard, doing a great coaching job. So when the hell did he get inducted? How do I not remember? You know how it's weird Like you have like a brain fart and it's like I've convinced myself that he's never been inducted and now... Maybe he wasn't there when he got inducted. No, he was definitely dead. All right, so got... that's part of it too. It looks like he was... Um, It was like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I would have loved it if you were there. That would have been funny. Like you were at the ceremony and you're just like, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he's not in there. Like, Steve, you were there. Because as soon as I said it here... Then in the back of my head, I'm like, wait, wasn't there like controversy about Lanny Poffo, his brother, not getting to do the induction speech or what? Like, completely, eh, happens, Ted. Old age. <laughs> I Dude, I was just reading an interesting story last night about uh, <clears throat> Ceno McGregor and Mayweather keep going back and forth, right? Yeah. So the fight for Mayweather makes perfect sense. Right, like a bunch of people, because Conor McGregor has a phenomenal following. So if they make that fight, a bunch of people will pay for the fight. I will not, and I pay for fights all the time. Right, I wouldn't spend a goddamn dime on that. Freaking frick, frick fest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just common knowledge. There's a reason why high-level competitors in combat sports don't fight each other because. If it's boxing rules, sorry, he's going to destroy Connor. Oh yeah, I mean, like he, it just it'll be boring, and Connor won't I was be able about to, to say it'll be the most boring match ever. Right, but he's so much fast, like it won't be a contest. And if it's UFC, it won't be a contest. He'll put Floyd on the ground and tap him out. But for Connor, number one, it's a cash grab, but it doesn't help him. I don't think. Like overall, if he gets his butt whipped, and then right. number two, it hurts UFC because now you have him. Competing against each other, even though two different things, people are going to go see. Boxing's better, right? He couldn't. I mean, how, you see it with the UFC and the WWE when with Lesnar and stuff. It's like, well, see, you know, yeah. or with CM Punk. Lesner, oh yeah, Lesnar won, but then of course it's see he juiced in order to win. Right. So that the story I was reading was talking about the Japan uh, pro wrestling. Oh, and how years ago they had some of the because they touted themselves as the toughest fighters, and they had some of their guys fight real MMA fighters in Pride. And they got their asses whooped, and it yep. it hurt them for a long time. Yeah, New Japan went through a real dark phase when they were trying, because they're all about the strong style, which is Shinsuke Nakamura is known as the king of strong style, but it's supposed to be like, wow, they're really hitting each other. Yeah. But then when you're really hitting someone who can really hit back, it, it almost, you're right, it almost killed that promotion. Right, so that's the thing this writer was just saying. Like, Conor McGregor just shouldn't do this for MMA. Like, the UFC overall is in a better spot with pay-per-views and boxing, but if you have a boxer just beat up on one of your best fighters, yeah. now what's that do to your sport? No, that, that could be that could be a, 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 more than two steps backwards. Yeah. No, I, I can totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Did you ever see, um, I think Bill Burr, if you look him up, Bill Burr, and type in, like, Bill Burr wrestler gets mad or something like that. He tells the story... Uh, and I'll paraphrase it, but basically it's a story of a wrestler that refused to quote unquote sell to another wrestler. And that other wrestler just finally, I, I think it was Antonio Inoki, who was like 
the Hulk Hogan, the John Cena of Japan wrestling. All right. He's the guy who took on Muhammad Ali. Right? All right. And so he was known as being a guy who could legit go. And he was having a match with somebody, and the guy was just being a dick and just refused to sell. And finally, I think it's Inoki. It could be someone else. But to he, sell, like, lose? Or just to like, act like he's, the, the, the hits are hurting. All right. That's what they, in wrestling, they call sell. Like, if I pretend hit you or, like, you know, kind of hit you in the head, you got to act like I just really just laid one on you. Sure. Right. That's why Dolph Ziggler is known as one of the best sellers in wrestling, because he looks like he's always getting his ass kicked because he does a good job selling. So this wrestler, he was- so I like-, I like uh, I just watched him last night in the main event, uh, the Lunatic Fringe. Oh, Ambrose. Yeah, he's a little he's a little cartoony, but he does sell. Rather say he it is yeah. over the top. Him but. and his face, like ah, <laughs> yeah. But he totally he's selling. Yeah. So that's like an important thing for a wrestler. Like you trust that the guy that you're taking on is going to go along in this dance and sell the moves that are supposed to be sold. Well, this one guy's like f you, I'm not selling. And finally, like Inoki, whoever it was, just snapped and just beat the living tar out of him in the ring. And it's nice. awesome. It's like he just had it. He's like, you know what? All right. Well, I'm going to make you sell because I'm now going to hurt you. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. If you, I love looking at those videos on YouTube. There's like tons of them where wrestlers aren't selling for the other wrestler. And then you can tell that wrestler gets pissed off and just straight up clocks him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take that. Take that. Let me check. Uh, you know, real quick before we go, um, I came across this. And I thought it was funny. And as Ted being a single man out on the prowl. Oh, yeah. Doing Alley the cat. dating. Um, how, <laughs> Alley cat. That's what we talk about on the podcast. House cats versus alley cats. You're like Heathcliff. Yeah. You're not Garfield. No. But I do like lasagna. <laughs> you know, I say that. I bet I haven't had a piece of lasagna in a year and a half, two years. Like lasagna is not something you eat a lot. And it's not something that you can just whip up quickly. Like, it's a process if you want to make your own lasagna. Yeah. Well, I've never done that. I was just, I was like, to me, making your own lasagna is buying a Stouffer's. <laughs> and even that, you got to cook it for a long period of time. You don't want right. to microwave that bitch. you have a couple people, but like one guy, like, what are you doing today? Eating a lasagna? <laughs> <laughs> My wife just made like a vegan lasagna. Oh, that's, I bet it was good. Next time she does it, I'll make sure I grab a slice for you. Yeah, get me in. All right. Jump me in, dude. <laughs> Tap in. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> so this is um i came across this old instructional video on asking women out oh yeah and it is hilarious all right the times have changed since 1949 ted yeah they have how do you choose a date whose company would you enjoy well one thing you can consider is looks <laughs> woody thought of janice and how good looking she was I like how his, his name is Woody. I got a buddy named Woody. He lives up to that nickname, though. <laughs> Do I dare ask? No, I'm just saying, like, Woody's a great dude. Uh, he has some awesome stories. He likes to have a good time. Oh, I think okay. Woody's kind of slowed down, you know, in the last few years. I think he walks around with a giant stiffy. No, I'm just saying, like, he's a fun guy. Like, he's, well, a, he's okay. a fit dude. Like, Woody, like... Woody Harrelson. Yeah, like, Woody, to me, is, like, what a Woody should be. He'd really have a rate to date somebody like her. Yes, he'd enjoy that. Except, mm -hmm. well, it's too bad Janice always acts so superior and bored. She'd make a fellow feel awkward and inferior. Well, perhaps someone who doesn't feel superior. There's Betty. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to date her. She's confident. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Well, there's her, but she's better than you, so forget her. Take that easy, Mark, Betty. Betty, insecure, kind of hates herself. And yet, it just doesn't seem as if she'd be much fun. Oh. What about Anne? Oh, poor Betty. <laughs> Damn, Betty. All right, now we're up to Anne. All right, Anne. She knows how to have a good time. Oh, she's a whore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how to make the fellow with her relax, have fun, too. Ooh. Yes, that's what a boy likes. He wants to know he's appreciated. Anne would be fun on a date. So there you go, Ted. Is that for the dude? Why is he saying, like, that's what a boy likes, to be appreciated? Like, That is a good point. It's an instructional video on how to ask out women, and I don't feel like he really taught us how to ask out women. No, he just kind of gassed up all the dudes out there. Like, <laughs> go for the middle-of-the-road right. chick. That's yeah. your best shot. Betty, no. Go with Ann. Ann sucks. Mm. Yeah, why, what did Betty do to that guy? Yeah. She, he hates her. <laughs> So there you go, man. All right. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get our 10 push-ups out of the way. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the Megacast. Yeah.
March. We'll have, an, we'll have an announcement soon about the party in March. Yeah, big party. Big when all the podcasts collide. All the LARPers, the, all the uh, Titanic douches. And all the mega family. Oh, yeah. Getting together. To do I some, just assume if you're in the mega family, you got to be a LARPer or yeah. a Titanic douche, right? I, I would imagine so. Other than the chicks that just listen because of Luke. I talked to Luke this morning. Oh, nice. Shot me a text. He's like, hey, man, I'm at the Super Bowl. You want me to come on the air? I'm like, of course. So we had him on the air this morning. And then I'm like, hey, man, I don't know what your plans are in the off season. Obviously, who knows if he's going to be back next season. I hope he is. I hope so, too. I think he hopes so as well. He likes it here. Um, he likes it here. He's not like Betty. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and I mentioned, I'm like, hey, man, when you're back in town, we got a dinner in Megacast. And he goes, I'd love to. So hopefully... Some point during the offseason, we'll have uh, our boy Luke Wilson back with us. I thought about him this morning because uh, one of the teams is practicing at Rice, where he played college. Right. I was like, I wonder if that's a bummer. Like, that would have been a cool Super Bowl to be in. You got to practice at your old college stadium. Oh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, you could hear it in his voice this morning. He's like, hey, man, I'm having fun. He's like, I'm really here just to see some old friends from my Rice days. Yeah. Um, but he's like doing some stuff with the NFL for Canada. Uh, but you could hear it in his voice. He's like, I'd much rather be playing. And it bums me out thinking that we could be here. Yeah, I feel like if you're a Seahawks person, like that, do you cheer for Atlanta just because of Dan Quinn? That's what I'm doing as a fan, and he he says he he'd like to see Atlanta win. That's who he's pulling for. He's like, yeah, you know, they're very similar to us, and the way we handled New England, he feels that they could handle New England as well. So who knows? I mean, that'd be pretty cool. That's a got to finish it. Or the way they handled him this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. bro, yo, we talked a little bit. Brought that up. How about Sarah Colonna? Did you see her tweet? She's at. A bar with John Ryan, of course, from the Seahawks as well. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know how to tactfully ask the bartender to please turn the channel because they were rerunning the Super Bowl that they lost to the Patriots. And she's oh. like, could you? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I mean, like, I just pull the bartender aside and be like, hey, my husband plays for the Seahawks. Do I need to say more? And at that point, I'd be like, oh, put the hunting channel on. Or what, what does he want? Hockey? Does he want? That's yeah, terribly uncomfortable. <laughs> and even Luke said, because I brought, I mentioned that to him this morning. He goes, yeah, I was at a bar last night, too. And it was on. So yeah, I just the NFL Network was just rerunning it. Right. So he's like, I just kind of adjusted my seat so I didn't have to watch it. I was like, yeah, I changed the channel as soon as I saw that it was on. Oh, that's brutal. Very brutal. All right, let's get out of here, Ted. Let's get these push-ups out of the way. And we'll be back next week with information about our big laser tag party. Yeah, we'll be back with information. No. I just want to leave it at that. I'd like to apologize to all the wrestling fans that were probably yelling at their radio as I'm like, Macho Man's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Joey Fishwater, look it up. <laughs> Freshwater. Freshwater. Fishwater's a whole different show. Yeah, yeah, it is.